Yo, yo, ma, everybody. That's the traditional Ryan Whitehead greeting. And even though I'm not Ryan Whitehead, I am giving it. What's up? I'm Andrew Fantasia. <laughs> well, yo, yo, ma, I am Ryan J. Whitehead, and that is a great traditional intro. I love it. Got it from my uncle, the super awesome Uncle Dave. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always great, man. It's always great. I, I didn't know this about you. I didn't know there was an Uncle Dave, like this origin story that he gave you your 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 catchphrase. So he's, you are Spider-Man. Your uncle <laughs> said something to you once and then you just keep saying it over and over. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, his, his name is Uncle Dave. He lives, uh, he resides in uh, the London area and uh, he's, he's, he's awesome, man. And when I was growing up, every time I'd see him, he'd come in with the same energy and he'd deliver the same opening line. He'd be like, Yo, yo, ma, RJ Johnson, how are you, K-Pasa? And he'd do the same thing every time I saw him. So, yeah, he dropped the yo, yo, ma thing and uh, and K-Pasa, which is apparently like, hey, what, Hawaiian for what's up or something. I can't remember what language it's actually from, but I feel like that's what it was from. That is Spanish, and you better learn it because your oh, fiance God. speaks that language. So. <laughs> she speaks Portuguese. She speaks oh! Portuguese. Oh, no. Oh, wow. I... I that's true. You're right. My bad. I thought she spoke Spanish. Um, yeah. Okay. I have something cool to show you. Um, show me. And for those of you who watched this on the YouTube, you get to see this as a little visual treat. So we've been kind of active on the Topps Marvel trading card app, right? And I just the other day got a rare Baron Zemo card oh. straight out of the show. Yeah. Trade it to me now. Trade it to me now. <laughs> Four thousand dollars, and it can be all yours. Actually, Damn I'll, it. Uh, I'll open up the bidding for all our fans. There we go. Starting at four thousand because I need a house, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow! It is episode four of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we start things with a Wakandan bang. Ryan, we start with this flashback. Where this Dora Milaje lady, whose name I still don't know yet, I don't know if he called her by her name, but she's mm. she's getting the brainwashing out of Bucky's head, and that's beautiful. I really loved that. Like she, he healed. We knew he healed in Wakanda, but it was just sort of nebulous. It's like, yeah, he went there to be healed, and it didn't really click for me until this moment where I'm like, that's how they healed him. This is beautiful. It reminded me of the turtles sitting around the campfire outside April's farm and talking to Splinter. That's what that scene reminded me of. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that as well. And it really is. It, I, it's one of those things where it just beautifully ties up the story. Like, you know, any loose ends of the story, like, you know, I'm sure people were asking what was this time like in Wakanda and not that we need like a day to day recap, but it's, you know, what we got so far in the Falcon winter soldier story is that, is that that is a place where he found a small amount of peace um, and they, they called him the white wolf. Uh, and then on top of that, obviously he overcame his brainwashing. They gave him a new arm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was really cool. And it's funny enough too. uh, apparently a lot of fans, if they run into Sebastian Stan on the streets, they will do the whole, you know, longing and all that stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, they try to he, activate him. <laughs> yeah. They try to activate him and he just, uh, he just shrugs it off like, like any, uh, any actor would in that situation. But, uh, yeah, you know, I love I love actors who just be like, hey, man, it's cool. Like, yeah, awesome. You know, um, I know Chadwick all the time got the Wakanda forever thing, which is awesome. But uh, embrace it, own it uh, or, or just do what Sebastian Stan does and just shrug it off and 
have a good chuckle and keep on keeping on. If that was you in that situation, do you think every once in a while um, you would pretend to actually turn into the Winter Soldier just to like frighten a fan? I totally would. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't control it. <laughs> I will comply. I actually, if I were if I were Sebastian Stan, every once in a while, I would probably walk around with a metal arm. Ooh, yeah. Get yourself like a what do you call those? Like a like a sleeve. Um, like some people wear those cloth sleeves, but get yourself like just like a big metal one. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Let's walk around with yeah. it. Oh my god, that would be. That would be wonderful. And then sit by a campfire and be healed from all your all your knees, just like Splinter. Speak, speaking of which, it's early April. It still counts as early April. Um, did you know that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, turned 30 last week? Wow. 30 years ago, man. Oh, my God. I, that's... You know, everyone always says like the first one's their favorite. For me, it's the second. I think the second one was by far the most fun I had in a film. Um, just what's your like, favorite part of, of part two? Oh man, uh, I think my favorite part is the first time they fight Toka and Razor in the in the warehouse, <laughs> and they're like 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 Mikey's like. Donnie, or no, uh, Donnie's like, are you sure this is going to work? And he's like, is like Schwarzenegger hard to spell? <laughs> like, I love their one-liners in that. It's so funny. Uh, but yeah, like Mikey gets thrown around and it's just, oh, it's just awesome. I also love the mall sequence because like the, the hilarious uh, little notes that they have in there. In there the like, beginning? When Donnie when runs, save, yeah, when, when Donnie runs Kino? into the class. Yeah, when... <laughs> when Kino does the fight in the mall and then the turtles come in and save him and Donnie runs into the push clown and he's like, Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then he pretends to be stuff. one. He's just kind yeah, of going yeah, like this. <laughs> and also like, uh, Mikey's like, Oh, wait, wait, wait. And then he does the yo-yo thing. Oh, whoa, walk the dog. And then, <laughs> like, it's just, it was just cheesy and it just gave you everything you needed. If the story didn't take itself too seriously, and at the same time, um, at the same time, they gave you a lot of fun lore to the characters and all that stuff. Yeah, and they gave us the ninja rap. They that movie's underappreciated for sure. And you know what? It I'm is. gonna go ahead and say it. I am a huge fan of Out of the Shadows, the second modern one. And that that oh, was yes. beautiful, man. You got Bebop and Rocksteady finally, finally. I know, I know. You know what? I will actually say that one is is pure pure entertainment. Like it's. It's not going to win any awards. Um, you got Bebop and Rocksteady, which is great. And somehow, somehow they got Kang in there. Don't know how they did it, but they got Kang. And in the end, it's it's just it's just it's just chaotic fun. It's it's got Michael Bay written all over it. Uh, but but in the end, you got Bebop, Rocksteady, and Krang. So that's pretty awesome. It's a dream come true. I mm -hmm. I eight year old me would have peed. If that movie had come out. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh you know who's having a great time though, besides us? Baron Zemo. Baron <laughs> when, Zemo. Oh when we get God. back to that gorgeous hotel room, I can't remember where they're supposed to be in they're this La La Latvia. 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 Okay. That for place, a second 
For a second there, though, I was gonna I was gonna text you and freak out because I was like, oh my god, they're in Latveria. That's where yeah. Doom is, right? Like, oh my, like has nobody picked this up? But they they strictly say Latvia, so they're not in uh, Latveria. Yeah, that feels like more trolling. That feels like Foggy's like, I know. look where they are. They're just a few letters away. Uh, <laughs> that hotel room blew my mind. The idea that I can go somewhere and check into a hotel that has stained glass windows in it. Like, I'm there. I'm there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that when Sam and Bucky get back to the hotel room, Zemo is in there and he's walking around in like a little bathrobe. Like he's just totally make, he's just having a trip. He's just making a good time of it. And he's there eating his candy and he's like, Oh yes, we have to stop the flag smasher. Mm, Turkish delight. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's having a wonderful time. And he, I think they tried to, I don't know if this was intentional or if it's just me being a nerd, but uh, I think it was like trying to show the symbolism of how he was, going to trick them and betray them because in the line the witch in the wardrobe by c.s lewis the queen the evil queen jadis she tricks the kid by like tricking him into helping her by giving him turkish delight mm. that's his his weakness and she's like yeah you can have the turkish delight you want if you come help me you know kill the the lion who rules this land and let me take over the world and he's like okay candy mm. so uh zemo is pulling some jadis the white witch action here and i see what you're doing falcon winter soldier i see you i i actually think first of all i i I texted you i was like i love zemo like zemo Mm -hmm. is now they've they've made this amazing villain that is so likable which is the the loki effect like essentially being played over again which is interesting because civil war it really goes to show you civil war they didn't they didn't they did not give you enough to really make the villain who he is. We only got like some quick clever moves that he did and and he essentially beat the Avengers without throwing a punch, which is like mind blowing because he he's a big villain and in Civil War I think he was really outshined by the Civil War itself and and for Falcon and the Winter Soldier to get all of this fan service on on Zemo, like the the cars, the purple mask, the 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 just the, the how crafty of a villain he is, it's pretty amazing. In mm-hmm. fact, the the love for Zemo right now is so so crazy that Marvel released an hour long clip of him dancing in the club. Oh my god! Like that, you know that I can't even do the dance movie does, but it's so funny. And but it's true. He's he's getting a lot of yeah. It's called the like, what, what's a what's a dance name that like ends with O, tango. So it's called like the the zango. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Oh <laughs> uh, man, uh, the fandango. Fandango. Yeah, the Zemo fandango. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so he's getting a lot of love right now. But what I think I love about this, first of all, we we at this point we can fan theory this all we like. But what I like about what's going on with Zemo right now is that he's in control. There's mm-hmm. not one minute. There's not one minute in this where he's out of control or under someone else's control. Clearly, there's something going on that he's he's letting the the chess pieces move as they may. But he's completely in control right now. 
Yeah, he's playing them. He's got them wrapped around his finger. Like, that's why he's so calm. That's why he's dancing. That's why he's eating candies in his bathrobe, because Zemo knows what's up. Um, and, and you're right. There's like this, there's this weird zeitgeisty thing that's happening now where he's getting this popularity. I have a feeling this show is going to turn him into another Loki. Like in this, you remember how, like, I think after Avengers, not after Thor, after Thor didn't mm-hmm. hit like this, but after Avengers, there was this point where like every woman on the planet was like, I want Tom Hiddleston's babies. Give me all his babies. Like, I have a feeling that same thing's going to happen now with Daniel Bruhl. Like he's going to go full Loki in terms of like popularity. He's going to become yeah. a sex symbol as this villain. I think it's going to happen. I think you're right. I, I think that this, I what I what I would like to see as someone who is loving Zemo myself, like I I want his babies. Like it's just he's such a fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I, his money, I, what, so I'll have his babies if that means I got some alimony checks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I think what I like though is, or what I'm hoping for is, is that he's a, a villain they can keep using. Um, I I don't want him to be killed off or like any sort of any sort of thing that's just, just going to dismiss the character. I think that this is a villain that they can keep using a lot um, because to be fair, Marvel, uh, one thing I will say is Marvel doesn't have a lot of villains right now. If you really think about it, mm-hmm. like sure. We saw Hela if she survived um, and uh, Surtur is, is still alive, but he's like, he's not like a common villain you can use. You know what I mean? Like that's a Thor type of villain. Um, Like in terms of the Avengers, Ultron's technically dead unless they can somehow magically write him back in. Zemo's gone for all we know. Uh, Or sorry, uh, not Zemo. uh, Zola. Zola Zola's gone for all we know. Um, And then uh, they killed uh, Iron Mongol. So Obadiah Stane's gone. Mandarin, uh, well, Mandarin's coming back. Uh, the real Mandarin, that. He's going to be a big really, deal. I feel like he's going to be a yeah. big, he's not a one and done. No, yeah, I, I feel like he's going to, I think he's going to get what's due with what they've just done with, again, and you're seeing all these case studies, like what they've done with Zemo now, you can clearly see that you can just, and, and what they did with WandaVision with Agatha, like, like you just see like they can now give these villains so much breathing room and you know it really begs the question with uh with sung chi like uh like is it the story literally going to be two characters coming to a middle or are we going to get like sung chi's story and mandarin's story and then you know maybe they'll cross paths and fight or maybe maybe he'll fight a henchman and that's it Maybe. I mean, we have this mask guy, this death dealer guy, but the beautiful mm-hmm. thing that I can't praise the MCU enough for is like, you know, five years ago, Ryan, if if they would have told you, okay, you know, we're, we're building up to Endgame and then that's the end of our first saga. Mm-hmm. If they would have sat you down, if like five game people would have sat you down and asked you, okay, Ryan, you have three choices. Who are you picking for, for villains to show up in the second saga? I guarantee you Agatha Harkness would not have been anywhere close to the top of your list, but they bring her in and they make her so memorable and so enjoyable that now I am, I don't know about you, but I'm waiting on Mm -hmm. hooks and pins and needles here to see Agatha again. And they're so good at doing that. I didn't know who Ironmonger was before this. I didn't know who, uh, who Ivan Vanko was. 
Uh, but they they bring these people into the fold. And then next thing you know, you're like, ooh, this is neat. I, I like this. More, please. And they're, I think they're going to do that a whole lot more in the future, especially because, you know, they don't want to play all the big cards too much. And we're starting to see that happen with the heroes now, too. Like, I didn't know who Miss Marvel was. I didn't know who Kate Bishop was. Uh, but they're they're wheeling these people out who are not public knowledge. Um, this is like even to a guy who knew about like Iron Man and like some weird stuff. Like they're they're wheeling this out to be like, yeah, we're gonna make you care about these people. So I think we can rest easy in terms of the villains. Um, they, well said. Well said. Yeah, we're we're in good hands. We are in good hands. And speaking of Zemo, like because they're both rulers of european countries do he and dr doom ever have like some interactions team-ups fights both is that ever a thing oh of course yeah i mean of course they've they've crossed paths cross paths cross paths many a times <laughs> um many times i mean it's they're like because look you look at fantastic four you see doom right like that's that's the main rival you're gonna see uh, and then, and then next in line is technically Galactus, and so on and so forth. Um, for for Captain America, Zemo is his arch nemesis. Like that's like next to Red Skull, Zemo is the Zemo is next in line. So, uh, yeah. So Zemo, yes, because because you know they tried to do like dark avengers and all this stuff um they've definitely crossed paths at some point they've had like the the masters of evil and, and yes doom Ooh. has been a master of evil at some point so uh but baron i heard baron jeff Zemo, bezos was at that meeting hey oh um actually because like here's the thing the the interesting thing about let's take loki doom uh zemo trying to think of another character that might fit that bill well, uh, somebody, somebody who we haven't seen yet, who I'd be happy if we didn't see him, but mm. I think it would make sense to bring him in is Norman Osborn in terms of like Norman Osborn actually is a good example. Yeah. A good example to bring in. So we got Norman Osborn. So let's take those four villains. Okay. Mm. All those four villains have all played on the hero side at some point. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at one point, the Avengers, after the events of Civil War, uh, Norman Osborn's like, okay, look, clearly the heroes need to be put in check. We need to kind of, we need to better organize this, essentially, is what Norman Osborn does. And he creates, he takes evil people and tries to make a superhero group to keep the heroes in check, but at the same time, you know, do, do uh, dastardly deeds. And so he creates essentially the Dark Avengers. Um, but Doom, I don't think Doom was on there, but I know Doom at one point became Iron Man because Iron Man was too sick to, to be Iron Man himself. So Doom took upon himself to re- try to redeem himself. Magneto, another good example. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, is like you're what I love how you say you, um, you know, MCU makes you really care about these characters. But definitely with this new platform, we're 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 now getting the Zemo we wanted. Like we did not, we got to see Zemo start in Civil War, but really he came to life in this show, and 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 really 
and and we even got the full Baron Zemo comic reference. So I can't wait to see more. And while we're talking about other shows, um, the name was revealed uh, for one of the characters in the Loki trailer. So there's a woman on the trial, um, on the on the like the not on trial as in like the like Loki's on trial, but she's the court the head of the courts. Um, her name is. Is it the one that Gugu and Batha Ra is playing? Yes. Ooh, uh, I love her. Yes. So I'm looking it up actually real quick. Um. Uh, so Loki. Yeah. So Loki. Uh, uh. How do you pronounce her name? Gugu. Gugu Mbatha Ra. I think Mbatha-ra. that's just how I've heard it said out loud by like other actors. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. But uh, yeah, she's she's really cool. And I was really mm-hmm. looking forward to her character. She's standing so on her judge platform. She's all, she's all judgy. She's shaking down some judgment on Loki. She's saying like, look, you got super hot after Avengers and not everybody wanted your babies, but now it's Zemo's turn. That's why you're here. That's the whole plot of the show is he's like midlife <laughs> crisis. And he's like, it's basically he's Woody and Zemo's Buzz Lightyear. And Loki has to deal with not being the coolest toy anymore. Yeah, and, no, it's true. It's tr- that's true, and and you know, it's funny how you still think of the toys because the toys really dictated the success of a character back in the day. Um, and so her uh, her identity was finally confirmed, and her she is apparently going to play uh, the character who's the love interest of Kang the Conqueror. Oh my God! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Her. Her Marvel has revealed her name as Judge uh, Renslayer. Oh, I thought and... you were say Judge Reinhold, and I got really excited. <laughs> Judge, Judge Reinhold. Uh, no, she plays uh, Judge uh, Renslayer, and uh, and uh, I think it's Renee Renslayer, and she's or Princess Renee, and uh, and she is the love interest of Kang the Conqueror. And now that tells me. If she's his love interest, she's not long for this world because if he's all happy and in love and he's got the judge with him and she's like, yeah, King, I love you too. And I don't think he's going to be all time travel shenanigans and, and being evil. I think he's just going to be settling down. So something happens to Renee. I think we should start digging a grave in the Marvel Cemetery for Renee right now. Oh, maybe. Actually, well, the, the cartoon did a... Uh... The cartoon did a uh, interesting approach to that, and I think that might play out the same way. Uh-oh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Renee... Uh, Ren- uh, sorry, Renee Renslayer. Uh, yeah, so basically, yes. There's, there's, It's definitely going to have something to do with time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting while we were talking about all the different characters. But Kang is going to be a really cool villain. Like that's like Marvel's villain roster is finally shaping up. But again, I don't want them to kill off villains. Stop killing villains. We need, we need some really strong ones to play stronger roles down the road. Um, and Zemo is definitely one of them. And I mean, I've been tooting this particular horn forever, but a villain, a movie where a bunch of these big A-list villains team up needs to happen needs to happen masters of evil man give me the masters of evil yes please Mm -hmm. oh boy all right so where are we in the episode here uh they they go looking for 
I always forget her name. Carly? What's her name? They're, yeah, yeah, they're looking for Carly, Carly. Uh, Morgenthau. Yes. Uh, and so they find out that there's a funeral going on, which I believe is her mother. I, it's either her mother or a mother figure. They didn't make that yeah. too clear. She, like a mother she of an orphanage or something. Yeah, because she literally refers to her as like mother blank, which sounds mm-hmm. more like an honorific than like she's actually her mother. But I I, I want to know if you had the same thought as me because you're a video game guy. When, when Sam goes into this building where the funeral is, right? And the way the building is laid out and he's walking through these doors into these big rooms and he's asking people and they're like moving away. It felt like a location from a Hitman game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I definitely did feel the same way, you know, playing the Cognito and sneaking around for sure. Oh yeah, totally. It was but I love big... it. I mean, I love when it comes to superhero stuff, I do love the kind of more cloak and dagger spy themed kind of uh, superhero movies that's why i've loved cap's run through and through like not only has cap had the captain america's had the probably some of the best movies um but i i just it's also a genre that i thrive in like it's it's just fun to watch have you ever watched a 1970s movie called the parallax view no if you have prime video i think it's still on there uh, Prime is notorious for removing movies really quickly, like at a very fast turnaround rate. So mm-hmm. check Prime Video if you can. It's called The Parallax View. It's literally a Captain America movie without Captain America. Very, very cool stuff. Ooh, and it was done in the 70s? It was made in the 70s, yeah. Warren Beatty is in it, the guy who plays Dick Tracy in the movie. Oh, dude. Yeah. Back in the 70s, he was a hunk. Um Oh, and speaking of spy stuff, did you watch that episode of Unsolved Mysteries, A Death in Oslo? I did not get a chance to yet, my friend. And the reason is, is because I forgot to ask you which platform it's on. Uh, that's on the Netflix. Oh, okay, so it's on yeah. Netflix. Okay, I will make sure to I will make sure to watch it for the next episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. Yes, that young and, woman. And you can't totally be mad, sir, because no, I've asked you mad. to watch something. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I've asked you to watch something, and you still haven't done it. You're right. Here, here I am, like, go on, go with the program, Ryan. Watch the show. Meanwhile, Jeez. twelve years you've been telling me to watch Avengers: It's Mighty Series. Yes. Yes, I have. All right. So yes, I will. I will watch it. And if I do watch it before you watch Avengers with Mighty's Heroes, that is sad, my friend. That is very sad. You've been asking me to watch that show since before Turtles 2 was a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah, totally. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, Ninja (laughs) Rap. Ninja mm-hmm. rap was a thing. Um, so, so they're at the they're at the funeral thing. Now, mm-hmm. I like this because I like the debate. Uh, first of all, we see first of all we see John Walker come back, and um, and the both the actor is not getting a lot of love for this role. But I think it's one of those kind of I think it's one of those things where people are kind of really taking the character to heart, which is good because I mean it's such a I think he's doing a great job as as the as this character. I think I think his apparently when he went for this role, he was very naive in the sense of like, he didn't, he didn't know a lot about Marvel comics. He knew, you know what Marvel comics were, but he didn't know a lot of details about comic book stories and stuff like, like he didn't know, he didn't know a lot about that, but that, I think that plays to his advantage because he's this new character coming in and being Captain America and, and he's not trying to replace him. He's just trying to be the best Captain America he can be, which was the way he put it. 
Um, but I think it works for him because because that actor's not familiar with these this comic book world. It, it really plays to the character well. And the fact that people were like, oh, you know, you're not Captain America. Like, they're taking it so personal. Like, for me, I'm like, that's that's him doing his job. Like, he, if you're hating him, that's good. That's what you want. You want to hate him. Um, and we, we had some good reasons to hate him later on that we're going to talk about. Uh, but also, I want to point out that I love the I love that he's so aggressive. Uh, and we're seeing, we're already seeing this in this conversation with... Uh, with them and Zemo being like, you're out of line guys, you know, this isn't the way you do this. And like, you know, we're going to, you know, all this stuff um, and going to see the, and yeah, and going to see the kids and stuff. And I, I just love it. I love how sloppy he's getting already. I think what, what also the conversation begins to come, uh, especially much later on in the, in the, in this episode is everyone every fan out there who says you know oh yeah if i was given the serum i'd totally be like captain america and i what i love about it is would you be like you know what i mean like no matter how genuine you are it's it's you never know what kind of desires come out of you when you're given that kind of power i i literally wrote that down because battlestar had my favorite line of the episode where he said power just makes a person more themselves so it brings out the truth Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like beautifully said, man. That's right. Like we, we can't just all jump on that bandwagon and be like, yeah, I'm just like cap. I'm a hero. I would totally do the mm-hmm. same things either. Yeah. Would you jump on that grenade? Would you, would you take that grenade? Would you, uh, like stand up to Thanos and like grab his gauntlet and be like, yeah, you're probably going to kill me, but I'm going to get in your way for 20 mm-hmm. seconds. If that buys us time. Like that is, those are tough calls and he has to make them in a split second. And I think what's beautiful about the way um, Wyatt uh, Russell is playing U.S. agent is he has moments where we hate him, but he also has a lot of moments where we're watching and we're like, this guy's a good guy. And that's exactly what it needs to be because he is a, he's inherently a good man, but he's not, you know, A, he's not Steve Rogers, period. But B, he's, like a lot of good people, like most good people, it's easy to break through that. It's easy for this immense thing that doesn't exist in the real world, so we can't even comprehend it, to kind of break through that shell and compromise that good man. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think Wyatt Russell is playing it beautifully. And like these these freaking people who are like going online and like he's already gotten death threats. Wyatt Russell has gotten death threats. I'm like, Look, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those friggin' virgins who sent Wyatt Russell a death threat because he's not playing your Captain America that you like, you know what? You, sir, are a Hydra agent. Or madam. Whatever you are. You're a Hydra agent. We don't like you. We don't. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We don't like people who send death threats to actors. Go home. Go, Go home. Go to sleep. Yeah, there you go. I, you know, I, I, but there, you know, that's the thing is guys like, yeah, the whole death threat thing is just I, not cool. But what I will say is the fact that the, that, that actor is eliciting that emotion out of you that you don't like him. They're doing their job, man. He's exactly. I, I game of Thrones. I hated Joffrey. I hated his guts. Mm. Even if I saw the actor, I'm just like, Ooh, mm, 
just <laughs> oh, I just wish they got like every time in an episode, I'm like, oh, I wish they got you. Like, ah, but that's what the actor did. Like, the actor really drove home how ugly that character is. And when he got what was coming to him, like, I there was that conflicting feeling of like, oh my god, they got him. And then it's just like, oh, and I was like, oh my god, they got him. Like, like there's that there's that duplicity where like I feel one thing, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh man, like I can't believe that's happening, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's why I love why it's doing. And and he, I I already saw it coming, like because not only do I know the character from the comics, but I know the character. Uh, I know the actor from Overlord and there's kind of a similarity to that kind of character where he's playing this U S soldier that you're just kind of like, yeah, like, you know, I kind of get where he's coming from and all this stuff. And then, <laughs> like the and, uh, yeah. America. But then <laughs> and then as time progresses, you know, he starts to get uglier and then like, he's always playing that needle of like, you start to like him, but then he does something you don't like. And then it's, it's, it's perfect. And I think as an actor, to to create an emotional connection that's organic and flows with the character then that means that you're invested like that just means like you're invested in the character period um the same like for me right now like bucky man like it's it's literally gone from like he's a villain to like like he's a man of my heart man like just understanding someone like that is is pretty incredible because you have you have to realize like I love that, uh, you know, he's, he's Bucky. Like he, like growing up with cap, he was the guy, he was the it guy, you know, like to Steve, he was, he was his best friend and to everyone else, he's just a guy who has it all together. Like he's just this, this guy that has it all together and people seem to like him and all this stuff. And then when Steve becomes cap, he, he becomes, as he says, he's like, I'm becoming you. I'm, I'm invisible. Right. Like, yeah. And and it's kind of he kind of gets to live the, through the eyes of Steve, but at the same time he gets to play that role of like understanding where Steve's coming from that it's, you know, he's like everyone should be able to do their part, right? And it also plays to him his redemption, his road of redemption because he did bad things, but that doesn't mean he can't do his part to redeem himself, which is a beautiful full circle element to his story especially with you know the first avenger that's right and whether like we don't know if uh john is going to make it out of this series alive but if he does that opens up some cool stuff down the road for him like what's life like after being this false captain america are you mm-hmm. atoning are you going full u.s agent vigilante and like killing folk like what what is your post this show life Mm-hmm. So that'll be an interesting question. If he if he lives, he could he could die. You know, they might pull that out from under us. We don't know. But I I'm really curious to see what they would do with that character, um, so that he he's not just a one off person. Uh, so he yeah. is doing fine. Wyatt Russell is doing fine. All y'all fans, you crazy fans, you rabid sweaty fans, you send death threats. Y'all need to chill the hell out. All right. Go to sleep. Just enjoy, just enjoy the show. If just you're that invested, them. just enjoy the show. Just enjoy. Like, they don't know yeah. you anything. Just go to sleep and enjoy. Uh, you want to hear something spooky? Yes. Like legitimately spooky. So you know how like you get random songs in your head out of nowhere and then they're in your head like for the rest of the day. You know what random song was in my head last night? Like late last night, right before I went to bed. What? 
Baba Black Sheep. No. No Even to the, way. To the point where like last night, like right before bed, I Googled it and I'm like, where did this children's rhyme come from? What does it mean? Because you know how like Ring Around the Rosie has like this big sinister meaning about what I was like, what's the meaning of Baba Black Sheep? And I was looking it up and uh, it's, it's something like with taxation and whatever. It's something very economic. Um, <laughs> but uh, to turn it into a nursery rhyme, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, so when Zemo starts singing it in this episode, like I kind of. I went like, I, I kind of jolted in my chair. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I thought I was going crazy. They're listening. Marvel's listening, man. Kevin Feige is listening to you, buddy. He's visiting your house and just listening to you. I hope he's listening when I have something more profound to say than, I wonder what the meaning of Baba Black is. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, let me pick a random guy and just listen. And maybe if he sounds smart, maybe I'll hire him to join my team. Let's see what this guy's doing. <laughs> What does this fairy tale mean? I know it's one in the morning, but I need to know. Does the wool symbolize something? And Kevin's like, okay, this guy is not. Uh, he's no longer a person of interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, yeah, it's it's a fast, it, that's really weird, man. It just means you're in sync with the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, you know, I love, but again, it just, it just goes to show you the depth of Zemo, like, and how calculating he is. Um and it, I keep forgetting that he had a family. He that was this yeah. that scene was a really good reminder that he is someone who had a family. And I thought it was brilliant the way he figured out how to get the how to get the the, the hints they need. Yeah, uh, and I also forget that there was uh, a family there. So I'm I'm glad that in the the sort of recap that they would bring it up too, because I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like that's that's important. We should we should remember that. Um, and his his head tilt, man, that line yeah. killed me. Uh, I was like, oh, he's just going to get in your head and then do that stupid head tilt. And, <laughs> and he just adjusts his head. <laughs> he just adjusts his head again. And then they brought it back afterwards. Um, like with, uh, I forget where it was, but Falcon started to do it or something. I just wrote down in my notes, like they brought back the head tilt. And I think it was Falcon. He he does something and then he like tilts his head. Or no, it was it was John. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was John. He he tilts his head when he when he sees the serum. That's what it is. He sees the serum and he's like, hmm. And then it's like he, <laughs> we're like, oh, he's going to the dark side. If somebody tilts their head, they're automatically evil. Um th- that that little turn that the story took with the serum when what's your face drops it all. Mm-hmm. And um I keep wanting to call her flag smasher in my head, but I don't know if that's you, right. You can call her that. That's that's totally that? fair. So well, it's, that's her group. It's her group of revolutionaries. Group. Yeah. And she is the leader. So you can you could call her Flag Smasher if you wanted to. All right. So Flag Smasher uh, had all these vials on her and she drops them. For, I love that they hide them in a cemetery, by the way. That's so cool. I love that kind of stuff. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. When, when Walker comes and attacks and he throws a shield around and he's like hitting Zemo in the head, like he's brutal with that shield. And I love, again, I love this use of powers in ways we haven't seen yet. Like we've seen Cap for like 12 movies, use his powers and throw his shield, but Cap's not brutal. So it's this cool little thing. And I, I hate to bring this up again, but it's like, this is why you need Spider-Man to work up to Venom. So you can see Venom do, because he has all the same powers, but see him do them in brutal ways that you would never see Peter do, because that's not Peter. Peter ain't that guy. 
So that's why you need to build up to Venom and see Venom do brutal stuff and then build up to Carnage and see Carnage do like R-rated stuff. And uh, <laughs> like, it, it's just this cool little cycle. Um, but all those vials get dropped on the floor and I'm, I'm completely at a loss as to what the Flag Smashers, like, are, do they need to keep using it? Is it just like, it's not like Cap where it's like, it's in it and it's just one and done. So what are their plans? I feel like I missed it completely if they said it. What are their plans for those vials? What are they going to do? And while you answer, so, I'm going to quickly turn my light on. So go ahead and I will catch up with yeah. you. Because <laughs> it's going to okay, be dark so, in my room. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the cool thing about what, or at least my understanding, guys, of what the what the Flag Smashers are trying to do. So the Flag Smashers felt that after the blip, they felt that the world would be better as just one nation, one people, because because when the blip happened, there wasn't enough people to have different governments. Like it, and even though it seemed like it, it didn't. It just isn't there. Like you can't have a full functioning government with half the population of the world. Like you have to understand the size of that number. Um, so the flag smashers now. When Isabella was talking about it, she actually got into it that she felt that they kind of missed the mark a little bit and they could have played up the Sokovia thing a little bit more because it, it it relates. But I think that I think that it is there. I think the Sokovia the Sokovia thing is there because because it's all everything's tied together. Um, the blip, Sokovia, all that stuff like it's all tied together because. I think what's what happened with Sokovia is just showing that, you know, I think Carly understands that the only language they speak is they need superpower people to be like the great equalizer because, you know, because at this point, Captain America can just come out there and, and assert American will, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what Red Skull was talking about. Red Skull was, you know, and this is the brilliance of, of the evolution of these characters, um, the Red Skull was saying you could have the power of the gods, but yet you play, you know, you wear a flag on your chest and play a game of nations, right? Um, and I think the beautiful thing of Flag Smasher being a villain in the MCU is that they're saying like, yeah, like the only, they'll only respond to superpowered people. So we need to, you know, be the best. And I think that's where she's, why she's recruiting more. And so she stole these vials and there's 20 of them. Eight of them have used it. And she was going to recruit more superpowered people so she can fight on more ground, um, which was the big thing. So that's, I think that's why she had them. And that's why she was out recruiting. What I love about this is because the way MCU was pre, like pre all this stuff, like, like, let's just say the first saga is it was all about individuals, you know, cap, Got superpowers. This is what happened, right? The only other time we saw someone try to be Cap was Abomination. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? But like Iron Man, his own story, he made his own, he, he became his own person. Captain Marvel, same thing. Spider-Man, same thing. Hulk, same thing. Thor was just the way he is. And, that, and then we just see other Asgardians. But what we're not seeing is different mutation like we're not seeing mutations that's what we're not seeing and so with x-men you know we see people are born with their powers and they and then we just see more and more mutants but what i love seeing right now and this is what i was talking about in the last one is we're seeing we're seeing legit the actual 
um, the actual expansion of like what happens with the serum and how it's creating different characters. And I love that. Yeah. Like this is, this is a great passing of the torch of the story. You know what I mean? Like this is where Carly is taking the serum. And now John Walker, I thought it was brilliant because, you know, we were all wondering like, Oh, is the power brokers giving him his power or like, what, what is he going to do? And technically it's true. Cause the power brokers were the one that created the serum, the new serum. And he took it. So it's just not, obviously it's not to the letter, but it's, it's that brilliant writing team and Kevin Feige saying, you know what, we'll just make sure that we capture the major events of the stories, but we'll change how characters get there and all that stuff. So it's really, really cool. And I, I, the, there is, I love how this show will play with your, with your theories a little bit. Like there was a second where I'm like, oh my God, is Zemo going to take it? Like take, take the serum mm-hmm. because he hesitates. And I know he eventually creates virus X in the comics, which, you know, is like an anti Captain America serum. Um, but uh, yeah, but he, and, and I, I think he does exactly what I would have done writing that script is he, he has a chance to destroy it and he just starts stepping on it. Like, and, and in essence, he's, he's technically stepping on Captain America, right? Like he's just like, nope, like this is done. Like this is not the way to do it. Uh, and yeah, the same with John Walker. Like I love John Walker just looks at it and you know, the second he takes it, like the second he picks it up, you're like, Oh, he's taking it. Now, like there's, <laughs> it's a matter of time. Now, is that serum different than whatever John has in him? Because he has, John has something, right? Well, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know if John already has something in him. I don't think, so. I don't think he has anything in him. I think that, I think that he was just a government soldier and he just, he just outperformed everybody else. And then they're like, okay, so this guy clearly has the potential to be Captain America and thus, when the opportunity presents himself to take the serum, of course, he's like, well, everyone tells me I'm Captain America, so I should be Captain America. See, now, that's really interesting, because I was looking at it in a way where, like, I, I don't I guess I always thought that he had serum already, that they had mm-hmm. given it to him, and then they gave him the costume and said, okay, now you work for the government. So when he picks up that bottle and he looks at it, I thought it was going to go down like a weird road. And my first thought was like, this is crazy. But then I'm like, so is John Walker. So this makes sense. I thought he was going to be like, what happens if I get two serums in me? And then I thought like, is this going to be an abomination situation where it goes horribly wrong? Um, And, and, you know, like he's, he's going to overdose essentially on the super soldier serum. And it's just going to turn him into something. And then Battlestar is going to have to deal with him and be like, you, whoever my friend is, you, you are not my friend anymore. You turned into something else. Um, that was where my head was going. And I don't know now if that's possible. I don't know what happens if you take it twice, if that's even a thing, but I feel like it would suit him like this unhinged. It's a choice. I feel like he would make. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like it's a choice he would make. I, again, like you're right. I, but at the same time, what we learned is that this guy, the scientist figured out that not only do you, he not only do you need all this, no longer need all this clunky equipment, but it's like, you just need to drink this once and you're jacked up. Good to go. Um, but I think it's, it's one of those things where he just, he just had the serum and that's what was left. So you got to take it, take what you got. Right. 
Um, I don't think there was any hesitation for taking a second vial because I think that was the, as far as we know, that was the only vial left. Um, so yeah, I, and what was, and again, I just, I just love, I love that. Like, okay, yeah, there's more cap serum out there. Let's see what it does to other people. And and you're right. And, and what I love about what you said too, is that we're seeing the flag smashers just laying people out. Like they are just throwing their muscle around and it's, it's great to see, like, you could really see how powerful cap really is. Civil War, they did actually, he, Cap did some pretty neat stuff um, that really, like, showed how powerful he was. Um, one of my favorites was when he picked the guy up by by the leg and just threw him into a pillar. Like, <laughs> that's, like, just pure Cap power, right? Um, uh, another good one was when he when he totally laid out Spider-Man. Like, he just, he, uh, Spider-Man does this uh, swing around the, uh, the, the little air bridge there. He swings around it and Cap just does this spin kick and just lays them, just lays them out. It's so good. Um, but you're right. And and what I love that we're seeing with with US Agent is when he throws the shield, all that that power, like he put a hole in the wall throwing that shield. Oh my god. I mean, like I've lifted your cap shield, and I mean, I'm pretty sure that's actual weight, you know, it's to scale. And that thing's if it's not actually light. made of vibranium, I I don't know. Yeah, like that's not a light piece of metal. So imagining that hitting my head at 50 miles per hour, I'm surprised Zemo is not dead. I'm pretty sure he's concussed at this point. Like, like that's a pretty nasty blow for sure. But that when he threw it at his head, that was before he took it. That was that was just yeah. He, yeah. he threw it. That was like to knock him out. But still, yeah. Zemo has no super strength. This yeah. is he's getting that huge heavy shield hitting his head. He's, he's not yeah, you're, oh, you're right. Yeah, no, for sure. So we get them to go back. So the next scene I love because I, I almost forgot. Like I thought this was going to be one of those one-off things where like the Wakandans would be like, "Hey, you got eight hours," and mm-hmm. then like four years later, like they'll do something. <laughs> but no, like the pressure was on. Like they went out and did their thing, and then you know, right when they get back. They're the Wakandans, like right then and there. And this is, I love this fight scene. Because again, yeah. we it's rare that we get to see the Wakandans fight in different types of scenarios. Um, and the Dora Milaje did not disappoint. She crushed it. And I love the all the cool stuff they do with the spears. It's it's oh, just pure poetry in motion. Man, that fight was great. That, it was, mm-hmm. that was everything I wanted. It was everything I wanted. And I think this is like, we saw the big battles in like infinity war and at the end of black Panther. But I feel like this is the most unleashed we've ever seen the Dora Milaje. Like mm-hmm. that felt more like organized sort of military fighting. Uh, but this, this was like, this is why you don't mess with these ladies. Like this is, they are all trained. Like this feels like, those people who hang out with Rachel Ghoul, like his ninja people who are like just his subordinates. And you think, Oh, they're just the grunts. Batman can take them. But like, no, every single one of those guys can fight like Batman. It's the same thing here. That's what I felt from the, from the Dora Milaje is like, they're not just pawns on the Wakandan chessboard. Every single one of these ladies can like wreck a fool. And they, well, they... and they, yeah, no, I mean, they definitely wreck a fool, but like we only saw them fight in two scenes, the casino scene in, in Black Panther. And then on top of that, we've only seen them fight in, in the same movie when they fight Killmonger. 
But mm -hmm. at the same time, they were all attacking one person. This wasn't a brawl. This that was like you know a fight between Dora Milaje versus Killmonger. This was a brawl in a room. Yeah. And they like I love that they threw the spear into the pillar, used that as like a crossbar, and just knocked people like knocked U.S. agent on his back and like oh so good. Oh, this is I wish I had action figures so I could just recreate them all and just be like ah. oh yeah yeah oh, wonderful and then. Zemo escapes. He escapes during the fight. And how does he do it? Just like the stars of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, through the sewer. <laughs> you know what I love? <laughs> and again, it just shows how calculated and brilliant Zemo is. Like, I love that the fight's happening. He's just sipping tea. Like, because <laughs> again, this uh, another just great theme of showing how, how in control he is, as if he knew these these things were going to play out the way they were. And he's just having tea and it's, everyone's doing their thing. And then I love how he leaves. He just like, okay, close the mm -hmm. door and just walks out. It's so good. <laughs> he's, they actually had, speaking of like exits that are funny. Um, there was a funny entrance in this episode earlier when they come across Battlestar and us agent. If it was like, cause they're just in the streets of Latvia and it's not like they don't even make a big deal of it. Like they're just walking down a street. And then on the opposite street, you just see like Battlestar and USA. And they're like, hey, hey, what's going on? What did you find? We, we're, we're looking around. <laughs> it, it felt like in like an episode of Entourage when like the guys just meet each other in LA. And they're like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and meanwhile, all these poor people in, in Serbia are just trying to live their lives. And there's like all these maniacs in like battle armor running around going, hey, mm -hmm. hey. Uh, that was that was really funny. <laughs> and I, I also got to say, too, that I love um, I love that. <laughs> I do love that call out. But I love during the fight scene also that we see uh, we see um, we see that U.S. agents prides wounded like he's and, and we kind of get the same lesson that he learns the same lessons that the Flag Smashers learned is that he's pe dealing with people that are just way too way too powerful. Like you can't you can't just fight them toe to toe. It's just not going to happen. And that's, and I love that that was motivation for him to take the serum. And what I also love on top of that is we never see him take it. Like we know it happened. We, we clearly see the results that it happened. Um, but what I love is we don't see him being like, Oh no, I'm angry. And just blah, blah. like, that's not, it's not the way it's going to play out. You I love that. To. You don't need to, you don't need to, because when the fight scene happens at the funeral, um, you just see it like the, just the rage and you just see the physical power that he gets from doing it. And I mean, what better way to incite rage than to kill Battlestar? I was really liking that guy. He was such like a good moral compass for John Walker. And now that that's gone, I mean, I guess that makes sense thematically. Like you, you have to take away his moral compass to get him where he needs to be as the character. Mm -hmm. But damn, that was sad. That that made me sad that Battlestar. It was perfect. I, I mean, and what's interesting though is this is this is we're starting to get some real dark stuff at disney plus like w what i will say for a marvel show is we get some pretty nasty deaths in this this one like pretty nasty mm. most of the time you know either you get this really like like ironmonger for example but that was even before disney was you get this kind of massive beam and he's just like oh and then you know we assume he's dead um but Colson was really the only other major death that we saw that was unless I can't unless there's a hero that we're not thinking of 
Yeah, there's no, like, there's, I think the most graphic death we've gotten would be Yondu. Yeah, okay. Because that's disturbing to see. Like, yes. I don't know, maybe I'm just scared of space. Maybe I'm just a big old wimp, but I find that disturbing when I see a person killed by outer space. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we do get to see Gamora's death, but mm-hmm. yeah, Gamora's death and then and then obviously Widow's. It's tame though. Like you see them fall and then you see their body, but the impact is what's a, what makes it mm-hmm. violent and they don't show you the impact either either time. No, true, yeah. And 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 Colson though, I say Colson's death was pretty pretty big cuz you actually see him get impaled. Um, but I would say again for the heroes though, it was rare that a hero would actually die and 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 you know, we had Gamora, we had Widow, yes. Uh, much but like near the end of the entire saga and you know, all these movies um but Battlestar he went out pretty badly like he he got thrown into a pillar he got punched into a pillar and the impact was so strong that it essentially broke him like it just shattered his body yeah and then like as a one-two punch like that was bad enough but then John Walker's retaliation was even more violent yeah, so we're finally here. We're finally at this part. Um, I think it's, I, again, I, this director is absolutely incredible. Um, uh, <laughs> you got to give props to my buddy who knows, <laughs> knows the director. I know. But, but, wow. uh, but you got to give props because I love this because it, it definitely shows, I think it's the most clear example of, of what, why, it's a clear example of why, um, oh my God, why am I freezing? Why Ross was all about like, we need to, we need to govern these, like we need to govern the hero, like govern these heroes mm-hmm. because US agent did exactly what Ross was afraid of, which was crossing jurisdictions and, and just doing whatever you want. Right. The beauty is, is that cap was right. Like, you know, safest hands are technically still our own. Right. Like, Cap is it, it. It definitely sheds light on the whole civil war question, and I think that's the most brilliant thing. And it was done in the most brilliant way. Like, I love you clearly see his moral compass is 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 gone, and the second that happens, he's just like chasing after this guy. No barriers in his way, gets him, and and he's like, I didn't do it, and just beautiful, just beautiful. And I mean, you talk about Ross. Like that guy's a total hypocritopotamus, man. Like he, yeah, he, he's calling for this, uh, this superhuman registry and everything, like to keep them in line. Meanwhile, this is the same mother effer who's like, "Oh, you're an unhinged mercenary with some serious issues. Let me give you this serum so you can fight the Hulk because I don't like him because he's sleeping with my daughter." Like Ross <laughs> is just, oh, I can't stand that guy. Uh, but that that that's so true like this is where you have this problem this inherent problem with superheroes uh specifically you know the marvel ones who are more they're much more sort of down to earth than the dc ones so it becomes this sort of game of nations as red skull puts it and because he is so because uh, walker is so inherently of america that becomes america's problem now this is America's problem that he did this, which is why it really feels like somebody who is totally non-American, like Zemo or whoever this power broker might be, would definitely have 
you know, have wanted this to transpire the way it did. Yeah, I totally, man. And it's just, ah, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where we know where this is going, but at the same time, the level of intensity that they've escalated up to perfect. I even, I even uh, texted you and I'll, I'll let you guys know on the show. I texted Fantasia and I was like, I was like, wow, this went DC pretty fast. Like, <laughs> like that last shot, that last shot. Oh my God. Just, whoo. I mean, we've been, we've been looking at that shield for years and ideally, I don't, ideally is probably not the right word. It makes me sound like a psychopath, but if you're, if I'm going to fight with somebody and I have that shield, that's probably the, my first instinct is to be like, go for a soft spot with the edge of this enormous heavy, heavy metal Frisbee. And he goes for the soft spot of all soft spots. Like, I, I feel like that's almost medieval in the way that it like, it's so brutal. Like, it seems like something out of Lord of the Rings. I think, don't the orcs do that at one point? Like, they take their shield and they, like, slam a guy's neck with the shield and almost, like, behead him. I feel yeah. like he, he went full orc. John Walker's an orc. You heard it here first. Yeah. Well, it also reminds me, I mean, it's, it wasn't the same weapon, but it reminds me of Game of Thrones when uh, when Theon when Theon does this, it tries to behead the guy with the sword and it doesn't work. And he's just like, yeah, ah. like he's yeah. just like, just like losing his anger. And it's so good. But, um, but yeah, with John Walker, it's just, it's scary. Like it just shows you how scary someone with that kind of power has. But also, you know, it's funny because in, uh, you know, in the show, uh winter soldier says like bucky says right out of the gate like that shield means a lot of things to a lot of different people but now the funny part is there's blood all over it Mm -hmm. you know now he is in he's uh made such a mess that he you could say that u.s agent is america's ass get it Uh, I actually do. I, you know, side note though, I do love his suit. I think his suit's really cool, but, um, ugh, the brutal joke. Brutal. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I do like his suit. It looks, it's very much like, it looks like the U S agent suit that I'm familiar with. Like they, mm-hmm. they nailed it. And it looks very formal. It almost looks like a, like a civil war officer uniform. Like it has yeah. that, kind of, like the, the large sort of breasted thing that kind of goes over. It's the flap. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, the costume design was beautiful on it. I love how Battlestar matches his color scheme, but he looks a bit more modern. Like his suit mm-hmm. kind of looks like Falcon suit sans the wings. Like it's it's very cool. The the matching all well done and of course Zemo suit looks terrific. They're they're knocking it out of the park with this one, Ryan. They really are. They're, it's 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 such a wonderful ride, dude. It's and again, there's I'm sure there's still surprises in that are planned for us and we could try to theorize we have nothing to go on like we have like we have nothing all we know is all we know in the story so far is we have the serum we have the flag smashers we have zemo we have falcon winter soldier we have um uh we have u.s agent and the and then at that and then we have sharon and and the power brokers and then the rest is just mystery you have nothing to go on. 
it's all a question mark. I mean, I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to think of how Mephisto is going to show up because there's only two episodes left. So he has to show up in one of them. And, you know, if I can't figure it out, I'll probably just send death threats to Wyatt Russell and ask him as like a postscript. <laughs> Be like, I hate you. You're not my cap. Please die. P.S. When Mephisto coming? Uh, you know. <laughs> I'll just send it to I'm, him. I'm still betting that we're going to get a mutant. I, I, I have a feeling we're going to get another mutant. Um, because again, people were, I remember that set photo. We're seeing, we haven't seen this. I don't think we've seen this actress yet. If, if, unless it's a shot that was like really obscured. Um, but uh, who knows? Zemo's gone. So wherever Zemo's going, that's the next big question. Where did Zemo go? And why did he go there? I told you he's going to the nightclub where Vanilla Ice is dancing. And he's just going to chill there until Super Shredder breaks the dock like a moron. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go, go. Ninja. Go, go, Ninja. Go, go, go. Ryan, where go, can people go, find you when ninja. you're not doing the Ninja rap? <laughs> you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada. Woohoo! New video coming out soon. Yeah, you know what Canada's never done? Just the guy up in their flag and then have him go murder somebody with a shield. That's all you, USA. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, Andrew Fantasia, mostly on Instagram and YouTube. Twitter is not a place I like to visit, uh, but uh, you can find me there and on Rebel Scum Podcast Network here where we talk about the Star Wars all day, all night, and sometimes during the afternoon, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that is episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Two left, bro. Two left. Yep, two left. We're so close. And then we get like a a whole month hiatus before Black Widow. (laughs) Oh, Oh, a month before Loki and then another month before Black Widow. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a month before Loki. Ugh. I mean, the series are great that they spread them out like this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. But they're spread out like this. But this month break, it's going to be brutal. I don't know. Maybe we need to restart the Infinity Rewatch all over again. Well, we've got we've got some good special episodes coming, and don't forget mm-hmm. in the month That's of right. May. You remember what Disney Plus is giving us in the month of May, or it rhymes with the schmad schmatch. The schmad schmatch. Yeah, man. <gasps> oh my god! What is? What is it? Star the bad, Wars, the Bad Batch, the Bad out. Batch. Oh yeah, my God! Yes, yeah. my head's my head was in Marvel, so I'm just like, what? <laughs> what, is, what could it be? Yes, we're getting the Bad Batch. You're absolutely right. We're getting more Star Wars, so that's good to mm-hmm. fill that gap. Give us more Star Wars. I mean, The Mandalorian carried us through some really quiet times, like quiet times, and we got some great Mandalorian content. So yeah, it's about time we get some more Star Wars stuff. I definitely would love to see the Bad Batch. I heard it's going to be a real story expanding experience. Ooh, they know how to expand on those cartoons, man. And that'll transition us nicely into June. We get our Loki on, we get our Widow on in the summer, and then before you know it, it's Christmas time, and we have the Book of Boba Fett. It all adds up. And the Eternals, maybe. I don't even know anymore. I don't know what's coming out when anymore. I'll believe it when I can watch it at this point. Release dates mean nothing to me. They mean nothing. We, all we need all we need at this point is up until July. Once we get to July and Widow's done, we, then we got to learn what's coming next. What's next for us? And I'm pretty sure it's Shang-Chi or the Eternals, one or the other. It's one of them, and I've lost track. But What I will say, though, is we are due for a trailer of one of those two movies very soon. 
Ooh. Oh, I want to... Not saying that they're going to do it. I'm just saying they're overdue. Like, at this point, we should have seen a teaser for one of them. Yeah. I want a nice Shang-Chi trailer, man. I want to know what that's going to look like. Yeah. We'll we'll be there soon. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there soon. We'll be there soon. In the meantime, we got two weeks of this to keep us occupied. And, of course, you come back here after... Uh, the, the night of every Falcon Winter Soldier episode. You hear us talk about it. And more importantly, yeah. about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the U's. Happy 30th birthday. We love you. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. And have a marvelous day.